I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper. We just witnessed the meltdown in Milwaukee, as Joey Wagner is describing it. An ugly game from start to finish, and it ends with Marquette finding a way in dramatic fashion, ugly fashion for Illinois, but fittingly on turnovers. Uh, as Illinois has 26 turnovers and the number 10 ranked Illini lose 67 to 66 to a Marquette team that we think and saw is not all that great. We know Kofi Coburn sitting on the bench, his final game of the suspension, Derek, but this was ugly, and this looked like for Andre Corbello, for most of the game, Coleman Hawkins, like their first road game. Uh, this is a team that lost its composure in face of a, a Shaka Smart defense that we know wrecks havoc. Uh, and I got a comp for this, Derek, that we'll get to here in a second, but just your initial thoughts. It was a complete meltdown. It was a team that showed a lot of... A lack of composure and Andre Curbelo, which again we're going to talk a lot about, just trying to do way too much and letting mistakes compound. And for as much as we love his brilliance and his flash, he just has a, a knack for trying to make the spectacular play over and over again. And he seemed dead set on, I'm going to win this game. I'm going to make the big shot to pull us through. And it was taking a step back from 25 to 30 feet. It was pulling up in the in the lane on a, on a tough just tough shots that he wasn't looking for his teammates. And it was clear that Trent Frazier had carried you through stretches of that game. And a guy that, you know, six for 10 from three, I know he lost the ball uh, on the, the steal that ultimately gave Marquette the lead because they couldn't make free throws. It was chance after chance Illinois gave them. And Marquette was like, no, we don't really want to take this lead. We're just going to miss free throws. Uh, so it was it, it was a collapse. It was, it was pretty ugly. It's a team, like you said, Marquette, that by Ken Palm measures the worst Big East team not named DePaul at least right now. So that, that says something in terms of this kind of a, a defeat. But you're missing Kofi. Uh, and Brad said it throughout the offseason. How would this team react without Iowa in late game situations? And it, it was pretty poorly in, on the first go around. Yeah, because even in ugly games, I think Nebraska last year would bail you out. Uh, he'd find a way to bail you out. Andre Curbel, I agree with you, Derek. He looked like a guy that wanted to be the guy who saved the day rather than be the guy who makes the pass, who might lead to another pass that wins the game. Um, he was This is one of the worst point guard performances I've seen by a good to great point guard. Like We, we know he can be great. Um, he just put the burden of the world, it felt like, and the burden of his team when he didn't have to do that. And we asked Brad, I asked Brad after the game, what can Andre learn from this? What does he need to learn from it? And he said, it's trusting his teammates, right? I know there wasn't a lot out there. Like, Alfonso Plummer's not giving you much right now. Um, Benjamin Bossman's Redonk shouldn't attempt a shot around the rim, right? Omar Payne can't catch the ball. Like, Kofi Coburn can catch the ball. So he's limited with options. But at some point, you got to get Trent Frazier the ball. He only had two shots uh, in the final couple minutes. Jacob Grandison, uh, only nine shots when I think he needed to be in double digits tonight. Even Coleman Hawkins, barely any shot attempts down the stretch. He had a couple key turnovers, but 
Um, he was getting going a little bit around the rim, and he's one guy who could finish. Uh, he just didn't do it. And, and this reminds me, Derek, the game I think this reminds me of, and it's flipped, is remember when Cassius Winston came into State Farm Center and I think he had seven or eight or nine turnovers against a pressure-packed, havoc kind of defense that Brad Underwood ran. Illinois had no business winning that game. Marquette really had no business winning this game. It reminds me of that. It was that Ios freshman year. Like, they had no business kind of winning that game, but they found a way to do it. And now it's about how Illinois responds to it. Yeah, it's a good comparison, certainly. And I even think back to, you know, Io's early sophomore year and not playing well at Arizona and uh, the closing time moment against Miami where that was the one, let me blip on the radar. He had a couple of you know, the closing time kills as, as a freshman, but had to learn that sometimes it, it was making the right pass. We saw Io so many times, the mid-range jumper. But uh, like you were saying, when Trent's going like that, and credit to Daryl Marcel for really locking things down late, but you wanted to see Illinois. There was a, a play before the under four where they ran a, a nice, like ran him off a screen on a baseline to get a corner three because Marquette was building momentum. You're like, you need, you need to get the ball to Trent, and, and you were able to do that. But it seemed like Underwood struggled to, to push the right buttons too. And I know that a big part of that is having a, a point guard be able to make the right play, and Andre was, was taking that away. I know fans would have said, can you, did you put him on the bench? Did you put the ball in Trent Frazier's hands early? I, I think the latter, that's something that you definitely would have liked to see. I'm not, I'm not advocating for you put Alfonso Plummer out there because Plummer has been not making good decisions off the dribbles, very sketchy, not hitting threes. But uh, Curbelo is, is someone that, look, has a ton of ability. Uh, the one thing I would say is the jump shot is still a, a big question mark. It's still something he has to show, whether it be from three or he's hit some mid-range jumpers. But, uh, I mean, just – decision-making, like he was going at Kirk Kouet, the 6'10", rangy shot blocker is one of the top in the Big 12. He just went at him twice in a row and just got a shot blocked. But it was it was very, very ugly, but certainly something that he can learn from. And things will change when Kofi's in the game. But yeah, the talk this offseason was, let's put the ball in Bellow's hands. Let's make, have him make the right play. And tonight he wasn't making the right play. He was trying to be the hero. I don't agree with anybody who thinks you got to bench Andre Carbello. I, I get the reaction, but who are you putting in? Right, I mean, Alfonso Plummer was a minus seven tonight because he was bad defensively, and he's been hesitant. He, he passed up shots, and if he's not doing that, he needs to be on the bench because he doesn't really add much other than that. Um, so maybe DeMonte, I mean, he was in most of the game, late in the game as they went a little bit of a smaller lineup. You know, got uh, Payne and, and Hawkins kind of trading there a little bit late in the game, but I, who else are you putting in there with who you had? I mean, you got to put the ball in Bella's hands. He has to make better decisions. And maybe this is a, a wake-up call for him that I need to be me. I can't be Io DeSumo. I have to do this in a different way. And he did take some shots that were Io shots. And that's not his game. His game is setting up teammates. And, yeah, I think he did miss Kofi a lot uh, today because he couldn't just dump it off to somebody. And, you know, uh, Omar Payne can't catch those passes yeah. that, that uh, he, he would give to Kofi. But... Getting a, getting a play to Grandison, getting a play to Frazier. They had a couple of those plays late that just didn't end up making shots, but those are the plays he has to make. But from the tip-off, Derek, he was out of sync. I think Coleman Hawkins was out of rhythm and, and just sped up completely. I thought Jacob Grandison played pretty decently, but it was really Trent Frazier trying to steal the day, and I want to give him a lot of credit. 37 minutes tonight, 23 points, had these – couple minute stretches where he just absolutely carried Illinois, got him to big leads with, with nine point basically spurts by him in just a couple of minutes. Um, they needed that. And if you want to take a positive away from this, it's that Andre Cabello maybe can't have this kind of night, but 
if Andre Cabrillo has an off night, you do have a guy in Trent Frazier who can lift you and give you a chance. And yeah, the big man All-American coming off the bench, at least you know you have three guys who, who can lift you and, and uh, carry you to a, maybe a win. Yeah, we were talking late in the second half. The story was going to be how important Trent Frazier is. Remember that as a guy that maybe doesn't get talked about at the top of I mean, look, we appreciate his defensive prowess, and we know that he's got that bucket getter DNA still in him. It's just, you know, how much would we see the guy from Ann Arbor, you know, last year, appear this year without Io, and he was there. He he was stepping up for a large portion of that game, and uh, just having those, those scoring stretches where he just took over and uh, that was where you should have been able to use those and, and sail on to victory. I mean, you're up 12 with seven or eight minutes to go, and, and you had a three-point lead going into the under four, only scored one point the rest of the way. But, yeah, that is a, certainly a positive, and I agree with you in that Grandison played pretty decently for the most part. And Coleman Hawkins, while he, especially early, looked very tentative and nervous and badly missed threes, but he ran himself into some buckets. He plays with a lot of energy. And, and certainly we learned also in opposing arenas he's not going to be very, very liked. Um, there's a chant we won't repeat on this podcast, but uh, that is something to, to take away. And you do need that from Trent, I think, going forward, even though, you know, Kofi's going to be a focal point uh, down the stretch of games. But uh, that was at least encouraging. But, man, to go back to the fact of the infamous press Virginia game, you had 24 turnovers. And you've, you managed to top it tonight. And like you said, from the very start, it was just very out of sync, out of sorts. And uh, Marquette got the best of them in that, in that sense. Yeah, maybe I buried a little bit. A little bit. 26 turnovers led to 28 points for Marquette. And Illinois out-rebounded Marquette 50 to 30. Um, yet second chance points, 17 to 10. That isn't as, as big of an advantage as the, as the points off the turnovers there. I, I mean, they did play hard, I thought, on defense, and it kept them in the game. But uh, let's get back to the, that final stretch there, Derek. Like, Curbelo's forcing turnovers, bad shots. Uh, Trent gets stripped, and you know that's that's Morcel that was on him. They switched Morcel about midway through the second half, and and really shut down Trent a little bit. And we saw when Trent had the ball in his hands, he struggled to to get offense too, because that's that's not really his game, especially against an elite defender uh, like Daryl Morcel. But there were some dumb plays down the stretch. You're fouling Marquette, and and. Kudos to Marquette for keeping Illinois in the game by missing eight of their last 14 free throws. And at one point, I think it was eight of 11. Um, that was that was ugly, the way they were fouling guys. Coleman Hawkins had one. Omar Payne had one. DeMonte Williams had one. All 75-plus feet from the hoop. It was just a team that was just running wild, really, right? I mean, we, I'm trying to find another way of saying Will Ferrell's, we can't lose our composure. Like, that's exactly what they did all game. It was, and it is a little surprising. Uh, I, I get it. Curbelo and Hawkins haven't been in these kind of environments, and even to an extent, Jacob Grandison. Uh, but at the same time, when you have Trent Frazier and you have DeMonte and you have some of these veteran guys making these mistakes, and, I mean, Omar, plays, Omar Payne's played in a lot of, you know, SEC battle games, and like you said, he was, he was fouling. Uh, on loose balls, and DeMonte fouled a three-point shooter in transition late in the second half, and then another one where not only did Illinois miss a bad shot, but then he goes for loose ball fouls, sends Marquette to the free throw line, and Marquette doesn't miss six free throws in the final four minutes. I mean, they would have pulled away a lot sooner and been in control of that game, but uh, that was just, Brad said it was uncharacteristic, and I think for some of those guys it was, but uh, that's something that they certainly got to be able to figure out. I don't know, it, it was, 
it was interesting to see that that version of Illinois where they were so I know the opponent was different the first two games and it's funny how the narrative changes that's kind of the roller coaster of a season it's like is this the deepest team Illinois has ever had is Curbelo the best point guard in the country now Curbelo is having these terrible stretches and needs to learn how to play basketball and this team isn't very well like it that's the the flow of a season and I think they'll be okay but uh this was alarming this was alarming this was was ugly a few more notes. Uh, the transfers. I thought Omar Payne had some good moments, especially offensively. You can see just what he can do. You drop it off to him for an easy dunk. He's going to finish it, right? Like Benjamin Bosman's for dunk on the other hand. You drop it off to him. He can't. He can't score. And that, that's what we talked about the last couple games. Is Omar Payne's going to be so important because Bosman's for dunk gives you a lot of energy. He rebounds. I love his physicality, but he just doesn't have any lift. Like you know, around the hoop against. These kind of opponents, a Big East or a Big Ten opponent, he's really going to struggle. Payne did that fine, got five rebounds in 21 minutes, uh, altered shots around the rim, had one block, but he, I think he altered a couple more. But his fouling uh, is an issue, which it won't be an issue as much maybe when, when Kofi comes back. Um, but also, Alfonso Plummer, 12 minutes, three shot attempts, a minus seven, and he had one minute from your freshman. I think that says a lot that they didn't trust those guys, including Luke Goody, to handle themselves against this kind of pressure defense in this kind of environment where the Marquette fans showed out tonight. Yeah, the depth definitely shrunk tonight in a, a test in terms of, yeah, the, the road and, and playing a, a much better opponent. And uh, Bossman, like you said, he is physical. There's a reason all last year he was only going in for very small clips just to be physical and not a guy that it was interesting or just – it was kind of, I think, for Illinois fans, probably frustrating to see them continue to feed the ball into him in the post because he was determined to put a shot up. He just, like you said, doesn't have the elevation, doesn't have the touch around the basket. It's kind of Georgie-like at some points. Yeah, yeah, black hole type, <laughs> type of deal in, in that sense. Put one on uh, almost on top of the shot clock at, at one point. Oh, remember that one stretch where Illinois, um, all right, Coleman Hawkins air ball the three, Bossman Zerdonk hit the shot clock, I think, uh, and then Alfonso Plummer, wide open three in transition. Best one of the best shooters on the team hits the side of the backboard. Yeah, we should have known it was going to be a bad night when that happened. Yeah, that that certainly was that was ugly. And Plummer also off the dribble, like he he whipped one through Omar Payne's hands late in the in the game that was just a terrible pass and uh, was just one of of many turnovers. So uh, and then Goody only getting one minute. Uh, I think that I expected and I. I wondered this going into the game, like the pressure that Marquette put on Illinois because you had Curbelo, because you had some veteran guards. I thought that Illinois could exploit that and really turn that against Marquette because you watched, if you if you saw any of the New Hampshire game, New Hampshire was getting numbers advantages and Marquette was all out of sorts and looked like a team that was just learning how to play this style for Shaka. But tonight, to their credit, they were much more sound, but also kind of a, a criticism of Illinois is not taking advantage of that and being a team that probably should have been able to exploit that a little bit more. Yeah, Illinois loses this game that they led for 29 minutes and 44 seconds. Okay, Derek, so what do you think this says? Like, what, what does this game matter in, in the long term? Because you lost one without Kofi Coburn, uh, one of the best players in the country. And if you had him tonight, I think you win by double digits, to be honest with you. Because some of those Benjamin Bossman's Redonk or Payne, uh, you know, drops one or Curbelo forces a shot instead of dropping it off to Coburn. I think a lot of that changes. So it's not an excuse for Illinois tonight, but they were, they should have been the better team tonight, but they certainly weren't. But what does this game mean in the long term? Where do they go from here? I think that it shows that it's going to take some time for some of these newcomers to really 
to pop. You know, Alfonso Plummer's not automatically maybe an upgrade over Adam Miller. He's going to have to show that with Illinois. I know that you look at his Utah numbers and catch and shoot and all of that. We just haven't seen him make that kind of an impact. And he right now is a liability defensively. Omar Payne showed some flashes. There were some encouraging things out of Omar Payne tonight, but there are just some still breakdowns with him, whether it be just mental breakdowns uh, of him not beat off the dribble a couple times beat off the dribble rebounding is still a question mark like uh, he's got to get more rebounds just based on the minutes played and everything uh, i don't know i don't want to take too much away from Curbelo and write him off as but let's be honest like there has been a lot thrown at him as far as accolades and who he is and who he's going to be. He's got to earn a, a decent amount. He's still only started two games uh, as, a, as a point guard in college basketball. So while still super talented, still very accomplished, you know, in, rel- in re- relative to how much he's played, uh, he is going to have to learn and pick his spots and be less risky and, and know, where, know when to try to take over. And also he's got to improve the jump shot because it is going to be, I think that anyone in a huddle late in the game is going to say, dare him to try to be the scorer that beats us uh, instead of him having to make the right play. So uh, when the big fella comes back, that's going to change, and he's going to be dominant, and it's going to be hard for people to handle. But uh, this team is still figuring some things out, albeit they were a top-ten team when they walked in the building. Yeah, um, You're probably going to lose uh, a lot of spots in the AP ranking. I, I wouldn't worry too much about that because your team's going to be a lot different next week. But you got tough tests next week. I mean, Cincinnati is probably better than Marquette. I know Kempom, it's it's basically the same, but I think they're probably better than this Marquette team. Probably don't play this style, which which might help a little bit. Because um, I think Marquette, kind of like Brad Underwood's early years at Illinois, they're going to upset some teams, but they're also going to have some really bad games where they give up a bunch of layups, like against uh, New Hampshire. Um, but you also might play Arkansas. You might play Kansas State, we know how Bruce Weber guards. Like Those teams always guard. They're always gritty. Uh, so Illinois is going to get some big tests here, and you can't let one loss turn into two, right, and, and turn into three over this couple of weeks. Like, that's when we would start saying, oh, my gosh, what's happening here? But the big man does come back, and that changes so much for Illinois. But I think Urbella is going to have some games where he's just off kilter, and he's got to learn how to hit singles, as Brad Underwood likes to say. He's got to learn how to – you know, play within the game, let the game come to him. He just he tried to do too much uh, tonight. And there is a lot of pressure on him, especially with Kofi Coburn out. But he, he can't put that all on himself uh, to be an All-American in his second game of the season. He's just got to let the game come to him a lot more. Uh, and this, this team's got to learn from this kind of mistake. I think they're kicking us out. <laughs> All right, so the white noise is gone, but there's a lot of noise, Derek, after this loss, which I think is going to be a bad loss on their resume come the end of the season for a team that's hoping to contend in the Big Ten, hoping to contend for a very high seed in the NCAA tournament. Uh, So what do you think going into next week? What do you need to see? I think that Kofi coming back, getting him in rhythm, is is obviously going to be something that's going to be a, a focal point in practice. And not that I'm too worried about him, you know, having too much of an adjustment period. I think it's going to be very clear of running him in the pick and roll and throwing lops to him, getting him the ball on the block. And he's been able to practice with the team. So it's not like he's been out with an injury or anything like that. So, uh, and just trying to learn from from this experience. It was a little alarming to hear Trent Frazier and Coleman Hawkins talk after the game and say, you know, we haven't really practiced late game situations. That's not a, that's not a line that's going to go over very well. I think in terms of, Going into a year, when you talk about how important it is to to close late, and you know how much I don't know, you got to take them for their word in that situation. And uh, 
no matter how much better Illinois is on paper, you're going to be in close games. You're going to be in, in those situations. Uh, so they got to figure that out. And, and Andre's got to learn from this and uh, come up, come back with the right mentality. And uh, I think in terms of leadership, uh, that will be something that I'm sure Brad's going to be looking for uh, as bouncing back, collecting this locker room and saying, hey, you know, this is a tough stretch. This was the first of, you know, a seven out of eight high major opponents. And while uh, I guess if, you, if you're counting Cincinnati, Cincinnati, a uh, very winnable game. You should win that game in terms of where they're at. They're, they're pl- outside of the top 100 in Ken Palm. But Arkansas could be the toughest team you play all non-conference. So you got to really get things right and, and be ready for that challenge. And uh, that would be a nice counter for, like you said, a resume loss if you were to beat Arkansas and, and then to, to go forward with some momentum, that, that would be uh, a nice thing to, to help stay in position to where you look back in the non-conference and say that hopefully that doesn't hurt you too much. I can see this non-conference being figuring out how to play when I would assume it was not here, right? And, and maybe tonight was a part of that. And you also didn't have Kofi Coburn, right? So, so two All-Americans, they had to learn how to do that. Didn't do it well tonight. They get one of them back. The other one is not coming back. He, he's playing with the Chicago Bulls right now. So I think Andre Cabello, Trent Frazier, even DeMonte Williams, who was I, I got to give DeMonte credit for extending a lot of possessions. Had 11 rebounds, a lot of them on the offensive end, but no offense. Yep. Uh, it was kind of old school DeMonte Williams where you need some points from him um, this season. We thought we kind of got used to him doing it last year, but even down the stretch last year, he didn't have a lot of games where he gave you a lot of offense. This game didn't give you a lot of offense either, so they got to find a way to do that. I think they're noising us out there here at Pfizer Forum. Yeah, here there's like an Pfizer. earthquake happening. So we're going to call this one quits because I don't have anything else to say about a very, very <laughs> ugly game for the Illini. 67-66 Marquette. Uh, for Derek Piper, I'm Jeremy Warner. We'll be in Kansas City next week. We'll also be – I'll be in Iowa City with Joey Wagner as well. We'll talk with Michael Tulip later in the week about this game. Jay Lehman will talk to us about Ryan Walters. Uh, so stay tuned for the Illini Enquirer podcast. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody take care. Have a good day, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Online Choir Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.